Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Good morning, my family. How are you? So glad you're here today. My name is Justin Chambers. I'm the senior pastor here at New Song. just want to welcome you. Thanks for coming. This is really the most wonderful time of the year. How many enjoyed your Thanksgiving? How many ate too much? How many said, I'm stuffed, followed by, oh, look, pie? I texted that to a group that I'm in, and uh, isn't it like that? I am stuffed. Oh, pie? I, I, can, do, I can do some of that. We, we got several things we're going to get to before we... Uh, uh, study the Word of God. We've got to talk about Wabash, that, that uh, we're kicking off our second campus one week from today. We have put hours and hours and hours into it, and because of your just generosity and, and tithes and offerings and just, just your giving, can I tell you something? Without ever taking a special offering for Wabash, we've invested about $60,000 into that church. Isn't that amazing, everybody? Isn't that cool? How many know that God supplies all of our needs, especially when you pursue his vision, when, when, you, when you go after your God-given purpose, I'm telling you, God just supernaturally provides. And uh, I also got uh, even, uh, well, some, some more good news. We were supposed to start the overflow parking lot uh, this past week, and uh, the, the guy called and he said, hey, listen, I only got two days before Thanksgiving can I just take a couple of days off? I said, absolutely. So tomorrow morning, our overflow parking lot is going to start being installed right here with 32 extra spaces. That's going to be really, really huge. Um, I want to tell you a couple of other things. Um, first of all, there is no first Wednesday service this, this Wednesday night. Uh, so no first Wednesday. And that's because my wife and I have had the in, in just incredible privilege uh, just I'll tell you about it in a second, but we're going to Israel, leaving Tuesday morning for Israel, everybody. Isn't that cool? So about 10, month, about 10 months ago, give or take, I received a communication from a ministry that we're involved with, and they said, hey, uh, because of a grant that they received from a very generous donor, we can take 40 pastors or, or 40 people, pastors or their wives or both, uh, to Israel. Total cost for two people was $3,700. And that includes all airfare, uh, hotel, tips, transportation, everything, all inclusive for $3,700 for both of us. And within the hour, we had already put in our, our $1,000 deposit. Because we're not stupid, everybody. We're pretty smart. And um, so we're leaving for Israel on Tuesday. So if you try to communicate with us, if you message me, if you email me, if you text me, I'm not going to answer, okay? So uh, I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll miss it a, a week from today, but I'll be back. Um, the, the Sunday after that to continue uh, the series, and um, I'm so excited about it. Um, on, on a more sober note, um, I, we just get a lot of communication, a lot of people messaging me and texting me about my dad. On Tuesday, he was, he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer this past Tuesday, and um, so just pray for my dad. That, like, we're still believing. I'll tell you, my mom and dad are, are at peace. They are filled with faith. My mom said she had a good cry, and then it was over. And then it was like, okay, well, God's got this. And um, I'll tell you, I'm blessed to be their son. 
And, and, and this is one of those moments that's is, is just proof who they really are in Christ Jesus and the victory that they have in Christ. So, um, so pray for my dad. Will you do that? And uh, pray for the whole family. And um, we did have family members from Oklahoma come up uh, the, the last couple of days. That's been uh, tons of fun. They drove home yesterday. Now they're on their way back. We had about 25 people over at our house for Thanksgiving dinner and uh, just had it packed out. It was a riot, everybody. But a lot of work. How many, how many know what I'm talking about? It's a lot of work, isn't it? And, uh, but boy, tons and tons of fun. Are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? All right, get, get your sermon. Oh, wait, you don't have sermon notes today. That's right. Um, but you do have popcorn and soda. And yes, everybody, you can eat it in church. It's all right. Uh, you can, you, if you want to pop the soda can right now, in Oklahoma, we call it a pop. It's not a soda, it's a pop. In fact, in Oklahoma, everything's a Coke. Did you know that? So that you'll say, I want a Coke. Well, what kind? I'll take a Dr. Pepper. That's just the way, that's the way it is. But I know up here, I think your terminology is no, mostly soda. If you have not popped that soda, pop it right now. You can do that. Oh, we, we should have done that together. <laughs> that would have been awesome, right? So next service, we're going to do that together, maybe even next week. So have fun, eat your popcorn, drink the soda. And uh, just have, a, just have a, a, a riot, okay? And, um, and a lot of you are like, well, I like Pepsi. Well, I like the price of Coca-Cola because they have a plant here in town, and they gave us a major discount, okay, everybody? So just shut up. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> if that's, how many like saving money? All right, me, me too. And uh, that's just a treat on us. And this is the perfect time of year to invite people to New Song. I'll tell you, they say now that the number is actually getting up to about 90% of people who are invited to church during Christmas or Easter say yes. So take those invitation cards with you and invite somebody uh, to church over the next few weeks. We're going to be doing this all, all uh, December long, and it's going to be a fun, fun series. You know what a parable is? A parable is a simple story, a simple story that conveys a divine Truth. It is a simple story that illustrates or conveys a divine truth, a spiritual truth. And Jesus used them over and over and over again. So this Christmas at the movie series is really just modern-day parables and what we can pull from them. And I, I want to say something up front. We've never done this before, but obviously you're not offended because you're here today and the room is packed out. Uh, but we are, we're going to be very cautious with what we show uh, everything's going to be previewed. There's not going to be any movies that are, that are, these are just movies that probably every one of us in the room has seen. It's going to be a variety of, of movies, and they're just going to be a lot of fun. Today is Christmas with the Cranks, and uh, it, goes, it goes something like this. Let's watch this scene together. This is a little ledger of what we spent last year for Christmas. Let's look at some of this stuff. What is this? $63 for ornament repair? You gotta be kidding me. Look at the total. We spent $6,100 on Christmas last year. $6,100 on Christmas. I, I heard you the first time. With precious little to show for it. Where is this going? Caribbean. A 10-day luxury cruise on the Jubilee. The most luxurious ship in their fleet. Cayman Islands. <sighs> Sparkling. We go to uh, Jamaica. We windsurf. Whatever the heck that is. It's something. Look at the picture here. The Bahamas. We sit in the sun. Ten days. Luxury cruise. You and me. 
I might have to lose a little weight. Ah, heck, I'll lose it for you. Well, what's the catch? <laughs> well, I wouldn't call it a catch. <clears throat> we skip Christmas. We skip Christmas? We skip Christmas, oh. save the money, and spend it on us for a change. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Come on, please. You and I go bask in the Caribbean sun. How much is this going to cost? $3,000. We save money? Absolutely. Well, we can still give our charitable donations to Children's Hospital and, and of course, the church. No, this is a total boycott, honey. Total. It's $600, Luther. It's a total boycott. I'm afraid that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. Oh. And no. You're gonna let a lousy 600 bucks stand between us and a Caribbean cruise. No, you are. All right, gentlemen, how many wives have ever pulled that over on you, huh? I, I'll tell you, uh, there, there's a parable, believe it or not, there's a parable in scripture that has to do with this, and Jesus tells this parable, and it's found in Luke chapter 12, verse 13 through 21. And it's the parable of the rich fool. And you're going to see some similarities at the, at the very end of this. And it goes like this. Some, someone in the crowd said to him, to Jesus, Teacher, tell, me, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Like I want my money and I want it now. I just want my money and I want it now, and we have something that happens in this, in this movie, obviously, and obviously in, in the Bible as well. We read this, in fact, multiple times throughout the Word of God, that, that people get to this point in their life, and they let selfishness grow. It's a root that we have in our life, and it grows, and it grows, and grows, until we get to a point where we want to stop investing in others, and we just want to invest in us. Like, I just want to stop investing in others, and I want to invest in myself. I'm going to stop being generous to others. I'm going to be generous to me. It's my turn to get mine. And that's what this guy in Luke chapter 12 is saying. I want this money, and I want it right now. I don't want it in somebody else's hands. I don't want somebody else using what I have. I want this right now. And Jesus replied. He said, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Isn't that the truth? That life doesn't consist in an abundance of possessions. I say this almost every year, and I'm going to say it again, that a lot of people go out, in fact, maybe even many of you went out on Black Friday or nowadays Thursday, and you just bought and you bought and you bought and you bought some more. And when you got home, you, you looked at all the receipts and you thought, oh, my goodness, look what I just did. The good news is, everybody, you, it's still not too late to take it back. You can take it back. In fact, the return lines are practically non-existent because everybody's storing up. Nobody's returning. How many know what I'm talking about? Everybody's getting. Nobody's giving it back. And so if you overspent, can I just tell you that life, life doesn't consist in an abundance of possessions. You know what we found out? 
that, that the, the best Christmases in our home are not based upon the number of gifts that we give our children. Like we've had years where we've given them 10, 12, 14 gifts each. That's a lot easier when they're younger, by the way. How many know the older a teenager gets, the more expensive it is to buy for them, right? So now they don't get nearly as much. But I remember when they're littler that my wife and I talked, we would give them 10 presents or 12 presents each, and those presents might just be a you know, $10 present or an $8 present. But and, and normally, my wife and I, we put a limit on what we spend on our children. I don't know if you do that or not. We normally aim at about $100 per child. Uh, sometimes it'll hit $125, just depending on what, what we want to get them that year. And I remember thinking to myself and then telling Jennifer and her agreeing with me afterwards that, that those Christmases would have been just as special had they only gotten six gifts each, had, had they only gotten five gifts each, that it didn't take 12 gifts to make that Christmas special, that, that Christmas isn't special because of the number of gifts underneath the tree, that Christmas is special when you're together as a family and you're enjoying not only life together, but enjoying Jesus together. Like, in fact, some of our, special, our most special memories at Christmas is, is not really, in fact, to me, it's not really Christmas morning, it's Christmas Eve. Because every Christmas Eve, and you can steal this idea, we have been doing it for years, ever since I can remember, I think ever since Isaac was old enough to write, that we have something called the blessing box, or it's a Christmas box. And it looks like a wrapped gift. It has a, a lid on it. It's very fancy. And every year we sit down as a family and we just write a letter to Jesus. And in that letter to Jesus, it, 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 it might be a prayer. It, it might be a note of thanksgiving. In fact, for me, it's usually both. Jesus, I thank you for, for your gift of salvation. I thank you for your blessings upon my life and my family and my home and my church and all of you, I thank you. For, and this is what I want this, this, this season, Lord. I want to be closer to you. I want to know you more. I, I, I want to be more like you. I, I need more of your spirit in my life. And, and we just write these notes to Jesus. They're just prayers of thanksgiving and maybe even a request to Jesus. But, but, but they're not selfish requests. And we've kind of trained our kids what to focus on. Hey, this isn't a moment to ask Jesus for something you don't need. This is a moment to recognize what we already have. How many know what I'm talking about? Isn't that a great idea? And we just put the focus on Jesus, and it's a tradition. In fact, our kids come to us, hey, Dad, we haven't done it yet. I'm like, well, guys, it's not time. You know, it's not time. Calm down. We'll get, we'll get to that. And then, of course, we read the Christmas story. Hopefully you do that, too, that our kids don't, you know, our kids don't jump around the Christmas tree on Christmas morning and just start, you know, going to town on those gifts. We don't do that. Uh, we, we, of course, they come and wake us up. You know, now it's delight. You know, she'll come and run and jump on our bed. You know, it scares you to death, right? You guys remember those times? Isn't that awesome, though? I mean, come on, it's a little irritating in the moment, but you know you love it. You know you do, moms and dads. So then we get up, and before we do anything, make coffee. Got to have some coffee, right? And, and, uh, and then we open up the Bible, and we just read the Christmas story together. And then we pray together, and then we, and then we open gifts, and we just go one at a time because we want to make it last. We want to... We want to really emphasize, uh, you know, the, the, the love behind each gift. Um, and and it, it, takes, it takes hours in our house. It's not over in 30 minutes. It, it, like, takes two or three hours for that whole thing to happen. And we just love it because we realize something, that life, life doesn't consist in an abundance of possessions. It, it just doesn't. And he told them this 
parable. He, you could say it this way. He told them, Jesus told them this simple story that's about to illustrate a divine truth. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest, and he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and then I will, I will store my surplus grain, and I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. And that's what this movie is really about. Hey, we're going to stop investing in others. We're going to just start investing in ourselves because, well, we deserve it. You know, and we've been giving for a long time, but look how much we, we've given out. And now it's our turn. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invest in me. I'm going to invest in me. But God said to him, you fool. Like, that's just foolishness. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. And I think a lot of people here, here in America, they, they have chosen a life of being rich towards themselves instead of being rich towards God. And that's my question of you this morning. Are you rich towards yourself? Are you investing in yourself more than you are others? Are you constantly thinking about yourself more than you are others or definitely more than you are God? Are you rich towards God or are you rich towards yourself? Are you rich towards God or are you rich towards your family? How do you live life? Do you focus your life on possessions or do you focus your life on Christ. And when you focus your life on possessions, you'll actually end up living a miserable life because you'll never have enough. Well, I'll be happy. I used to say this in my younger, my lower 20s when I was about 22 years old. Man, it'd be so nice to have. It, and what it was, it was a different way of saying, I would be happy if I had that Polaris 400 Explorer. I'm sorry, it was an Express because I owned it. And then I bought it, and I was so happy for a few months. Well, you know what? I'd really be happy if I had that Scrambler 500. Well, I'd really be happy if I had a Suzuki DR650 motorcycle. Well, I'd, I'd really be happy if I had a jet ski. I'd really be happy if I had two jet skis. And boy, did I have the toys. And I was just, I was a pastor on staff at a church that was just investing in himself. I wasn't living life the right way. And can I tell you something? It didn't make me happy. This is the truth of the matter. Jesus not only makes me happy, he has given me joy. The Bible says it's unspeakable and full of glory. Let me say it this way. It's joy that is glorious and inexpressible. Joy. Where even on a bad day, on Tuesday when we got the results from my dad's biopsy, and the doctor came out and he said, it's pancreatic cancer. That at the end of that day, I was still smiling. Because Jesus gives me joy. Circumstances can't take that away. Not only that, he also gives me hope. I have this incredible amount of hope in Christ. 
I've asked you this question before. If you don't hope in Christ, whom do you hope? Who's there to hope in? No one. So what are you doing? Are you chasing after stuff? Or are you chasing after him? And when you chase after stuff, life goes awry. Text us. Hello, excuse me. I am looking for a ham, a hickory honey ham. If there are any left, they'll be back there. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Excuse me. not for sale. But, but, but she's in the Peace Corps, and I, I'd be willing to pay anything above sticker price. No, no, we're not interested. You know, it's never too early to start thinking about putting away a little something for your child's college education. If you know that story, that, that scene was about Hickory Cunningham, that, that Blair, their daughter, who was away, wanted. It's tradition. Every year, they, they just had to have that. She just was looking to invest in somebody else in the family. They had to make it right for somebody else. But sometimes, have you noticed in our lives that sometimes we, we take a lot of pri- we put a lot of priority into making others. In fact, can I be honest with you? Let's talk about our spouses. Let's talk about our children, that, that our, our, our spouse, our, our children, uh, they have to look just right. They have to have the name brand clothes. They have to have, uh, they have, to have the right uh, you know, colognes. They have to drive the right car. We have to live in the right house. It, and it's just this thing that, well, everybody just expects us to, to be like this, to live like this, uh, we want everybody to view us like this, that our house is totally in order, our house is all together. And a lot of times we're just spending and spending and spending, and we're passionate about having the perfect family. Moms, can I talk to you a second? There's no such thing as the perfect family. And, and, you, and you need to stop. Sometimes my, my wife will come to me, he's like, oh, I can't believe Isaiah went to church like that. 
I just said Isaiah's name out loud, didn't I? I shouldn't have done that, but yeah, he's the one. He's, he's a, like, we don't ever know what he's going to wear. He just kind of, whatever, whatever shirt is on the top, that's what he grabs. How many know what I'm talking about, right? That's just, uh, and my, my wife, and I'm, I'm telling her, baby, it's, it's no big deal. Like, nobody cares. I promise you that nobody will go home from New Song Church and say to themselves, can you believe what Isaiah Chambers was wearing to church? And if you did, that's your problem, everybody. How many know that's to meet you? That's just your problem. That's not my problem. I mean, sometimes we stress out about just the dumbest things, that just things that don't matter. And a lot of times it has to do with us trying to make those around us look really good. But then sometimes it's about us trying to make ourselves look good. Let's watch this. But the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. The Grinch hated Christmas, the whole Christmas season. Now, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. It could be, perhaps, that his shoes were too tight. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. Luther, your face. What about it? It's like it's frozen or something. Oh, this. I got a Botox injection today. Botox treatment. Botox. They take a big needle and inject it into your forehead, and it freezes your face like this. I read it in a health magazine. And how long are you going to be like this? Well, this is temporary. And then you got all your wrinkles are gone. You should fight it. Yeah, well, you ought to get your money back. Luther, I can't live like this anymore. What? We can't go out. Everywhere we go, people are whispering behind our backs. I can't go home. It's too depressing. I mean, there's no tree, no lights, no music. <coughs> I can't talk to you. You're just consumed with yourself. That's not true. Look how far you've gone. Amazing. I mean, turning our lawn into an ice rink. I can't feel anything. I mean, somebody could have broken their leg or their neck. I mean, you could have put one of those carolers in the hospital. And that would be a bad thing. Luther! I know this has been tough on you, but in just one day, 24 hours, we'll be on that trip. And it's all gonna be better. I promise. I don't know. Hey. I'm going to <laughs> consumed with ourselves, consumed with ourselves, that we have to look the right way, that we have to have the perfect body, that we have to, uh, you know, it, just to tell you the truth, it's like everybody in the world is always on a diet all at the same time. Have you ever noticed that? Like somebody's always dining, that we just are so self-focused that we just focus on us. And the Bible says that we are actually to put our eyes first on Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. And when we put our eyes on Jesus, then, then he's able to refocus our eyes, our mindsets on what's really important. And that, do I say that we're not supposed to take care of ourselves? In fact, I really think we are supposed to take care of ourselves. But there's a difference in taking care of ourselves and being consumed with ourselves. 
There's a difference in that. There's a difference in how we live life. If you are focused on yourself, you need to stop that, put your eyes upon Jesus, and then he will reset your focus. He'll help you focus on what's most important. And so we, we, we live our lives oftentimes trying to impress others, and, and, and then sometimes we live our lives trying to impress ourselves. Like when we look in the mirror, we want to see a certain look. We want to see, I gave up on that, everybody. How many were like me, you just gave up on that? I'm just, it is what it is, everybody. That's all I can say. It is what it is. Can I tell you a few things today? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to break down just seven quick statements for you. And the reason we didn't put out sermon notes today is because we felt like you would have a hard time eating popcorn, drinking a soda, and, and taking notes all at the same time. So if you want to go back and listen, go to our podcast. It'll be there, and you can hear these again. But the first one I want to tell you is this, that no one admires selfishness. Like you've never looked at somebody and said, whoa, they're so awesome. They're so selfish. I love it. I mean, you've never, you've never looked at somebody and admired their selfishness. And yet, what's one of the biggest things that we struggle with? Selfishness. It's something that is not an admirable quality. It's something that, in fact, you hate to see in others, but it's one of our biggest struggles, isn't it? Because I want, and I've got to have, and I deserve. I can't tell you the number of times where people have come to me and said, yeah, but I deserve. Yeah, but I deserve. And sometimes it's in relationships, like I want out of this one, and I, I want to get into a new one because I deserve, don't I deserve? It, when it comes to people saying, you know what, Pastor, my finances are a wreck, and I just need help. Well, what happened? You know what, I've just, been, I've just worked so hard, and I just thought to myself, well, I deserve this. Well, I deserve this. And they just kept pulling out the credit card over and over and over again because I deserve I deserve. Can I tell you something, everybody? Jesus deserves. Jesus deserves our highest praise. He deserves our worship. He deserves our focus. He deserves everything. And the problem is sometimes people get in this place where they, they can't be generous towards the things of God. They'll say, boy, I can't even give in tithes. I can't even give in an offering because I'm, I'm just stacked to the ears in debt and it's because you've lived your life saying, I deserve, I deserve, I deserve, and you failed to remember that Jesus deserves. You failed to remember that. And now it's time to get your life back in order. That you say, you know what, I gotta, I gotta get my eyes off of myself. I gotta stop living my life to try to impress others. I gotta stop living my life to try to impress me. And I need to set my focus on Jesus. So no one admires selfishness. Nobody does. But when you choose to be generous, there are certain things that generosity brings to your life. And I'm going to give you five of them right here now. Five things that generosity brings to your life. It brings the favor of God. Like if I, if I were to ask today, who wants the, the favor of God? Would I say, yeah, I want, it, it, like if God is looking at me, I don't, I don't want him to look at me uh, with a scowl on his face. I want him to look at me and say, oh, there's my boy. There's my girl. Like, I, I, want, I want God to look at me and smile, right? Like, 
Generosity brings the favor of God. Generosity puts a smile on God's face concerning you. In fact, Psalm 112 verse 5 says, good will come to those who are generous. Good comes to those who are generous. The Bible also says that everything that's good and perfect comes down from the Father of lights. So so God gives, you could say it this way, God gives to those who give. The Bible also says this, that he provides seed to the sower. That if you live your life in generosity, God has this amazing ability to pour into your life. If we had started this first year, this, this past year, and said, hey, do we have the funds to plant a second church? Like, hey, can we give out $60,000 this year to, to a, a city that most of you will only go to a, a handful of times? And I would have looked at the budget and said, mm, I don't know where that's coming from. And yet, when you take a step of faith and when you choose to be generous, when you choose to invest in other people, God does the miraculous. He is good to those who are generous. He is good to those who are generous. Isn't that amazing? Like last year, we gave out over $115,000 to missions, missions organizations. And this year, I think we're going to go well beyond $115,000 that we just gave away. Isn't that amazing, everybody? And we did that without any special offerings. We did that because when we're generous, God is generous. And if you love expanding the kingdom of God and building the kingdom of God, I want you to know that your tithes and offerings are making a difference in the world, not just here in this community, but in the world. So it brings the favor of God. Generosity also brings real prosperity. That's the second thing, real prosperity. Proverbs eleven twenty five says, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Like generosity brings real prosperity. Number three, it brings a legacy of impact, a legacy of impact. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ex- explain this a little bit. Psalm 37 verses 25 through 26 says, I was young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed or their seed or their children begging for bread. They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be a blessing. So, so as we're a blessing, this is how it works, everybody. As my father and mother were a blessing to others, and they've always been that, guess what they produced? They produce children who are also a blessing to others. And guess what I'm producing? My brother's producing. We're producing children that are also generous to others. Can I tell you that my 17-year-old, my 18-year-old, my 14-year-old are faithful in both tithes and offerings? Isn't that amazing? Like, we don't even have to tell them anymore. Like, when they were younger, hey, did you give to Jesus? Because we, how many know that you train a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he doesn't depart from it, right? That's what the Bible says. So when they were younger, we said, hey, if you get a dollar, you need to give a dime to Jesus. And, and, and we just trained them when they're young. Now we don't even have to tell them. They just do it. They just tithe on their own. And the Bible says, everybody, that it's, that it, it's a legacy of impact that I was impacted by my parents' generosity, and now my children are going to be are, are being impacted by my generosity, and their children will be impacted by my children's generosity. You see how that happens, everybody? And how, how many want a legacy of generosity in your family? See, none of us want a legacy of selfishness. 
We want a legacy of generosity, but it takes us leading the way and being generous. This is good stuff, by the way, I gotta tell you that. Generosity brings impact with honor. Not only a legacy of impact, but impact with honor. First Samuel 2.30 says, those who honor me, God says this, this is so amazing. This is incredible. Those who honor me, God says, I will honor. Now, when God shows honor, that's a pretty big deal. Like, what? Are there any resources that are, that are limited to God? It, I mean, doesn't he have unlimited resources? And how will he honor you in the way that you need it most? But he will honor you when you live your life to honor him. Think about that. The God of the universe, whom, whom we live our lives to honor, to glorify, to stand in awe of, that he actually turns around and he honors us. He honors us. That's impact with honor. Generosity brings, obviously, this is, this is most of you have heard this and know this, treasures in heaven. Treasures in heaven. We're talking about eternal treasures. 1 Timothy 6, 18, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. Now, this is obviously Paul writing to a young pastor, a young preacher. He said, listen, I want you to command your church. And some of you would be so offended today. I hope not. I hope not. But you might be. If I were to stand up here and, and point my finger in your face and say, I command you to be generous. There's some people who's like, ooh, don't you tell me what to do. So don't listen to me. But listen to the Apostle Paul and listen to Timothy, who he would tell his church, never, never turn your back on generosity. Always do it for the glory of the Lord, for the glory of his name. For the glory of God, live your life as generously as possible. When you do, God brings it back. And here's, here, here's the point, that our generosity, if you're taking notes, this would be number seven. Our generosity is a reflection of our Father's generosity. That as Christians, as children of God, we are to be generous as God our Father is generous, to be a reflection of him in the earth. How many know God is a very generous God? So generous that he gave the gift of his son Jesus, which is why we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Christmas because God is a generous God, and he loved you so much that he generously gave his son, Jesus. So that whoever believes in Jesus, just put their trust in Jesus. They would not end up separated from God, but they would be with him forever in eternity. Isn't God generous? And he's generous because he is Good. Here's a great example of that. 
Let's watch this together. Um, could I come in for a minute? Thanks. <clears throat> Blair's gonna be staying with us for 10 days, so we're not taking the cruise, and uh, Nora and I would like you guys to have it. Flight leaves at 12 noon tomorrow. You gotta be there two hours ahead of time. It's 10 days in the Caribbean, islands and beaches. The works. It's a dream vacation. We can't take it, Luther. It's, it's not right. I didn't purchase the travel insurance. So if you don't take it, the whole package is wasted. I, I'm not sure my doctor would allow it. I, I've got that Lexon deal on a, on a front burner. Oh, Benny said he might stop by tomorrow. Yeah. And, and we, we couldn't leave the cat. <laughs> this is from us to you. This is a sincere, heartfelt, no-strings-attached Christmas offering to two very selfless people who are, at this moment, having a very difficult time looking for an excuse. Benny did say he might stop by. Face it, Bev. Benny hasn't been home in years. Look, I've got everything right here. I've got airline tickets. I've got cruise passes. I've got a brochure. Uh, what's it cost? If we decide to go, we'd want to reimburse you. This is a simple gift, Walt. No costs. No payback. Don't make it complicated. Our, our names aren't on the ticket. I know. I'll take care of that. What about the cat? Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, too late to call the kennel. We can't just leave him. We, we, we could ask Jude Becker. She's allergic. I'll take the cat. What? Are you sure? Yeah. Look. Look at that. See? Maybe if you don't step on him so often. Yeah. yeah it, it, it'll be fine. <laughs> Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Well, uh, I should get back to my party. Luther. Luther. This means so much. Uh, th thank you. You're welcome. Hey, hey, uh, does this mean we have to start being nice to each other? Of course not. Good. Because I still don't like you that much, old man. Well, that's good. I'm not that fond of you either. Stand up with me, would you? I love it at the very end of this. He said, it's a simple gift. No cost, 
no payback, no cost, no payment. Don't make it complicated. Jesus is the best Christmas gift we could ever have. And if you receive him today, no cost, no payback, don't make it complicated. Jesus is just a gift to anybody who would believe. Who would just come to Jesus and say, I'm in. I want you. I surrender my life to you. Well, what does Jesus want from me? It's you. He wants to spend eternity in heaven with you. He wants to be good to you. He wants you to experience the life that you've always dreamed of. And it's just a gift. No cost, no payback. Don't make it complicated. Ephesians 2, one of my favorite verses, you know this, that we are saved by grace through faith, not of works. No cost, no payback. Don't make it complicated. Jesus comes in, he changes everything. He changes everything. Would you bow your heads with me? But nobody looking around, this is just a very personal moment. Baptism is when you publicly declare that you've placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But this is a very personal moment between you and the Lord. I'm just going to ask, is there anybody in this room who's not surrendered your life to Jesus. You've never invited Jesus into your life. Let me say it this way. You, you've never trusted Jesus as Savior. And you realize today he's a gift for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever would believe in him would never perish but have eternal life. Jesus is a gift. No cost, no payback. Don't make it complicated. You say, today's the day I'm going to trust Jesus as Savior. But nobody looking around. Very private moment. I want you to raise your hand and hold it up really, really high. Let me see who you are. All right? You put your hand down. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. You're not even going to have to come forward. This, this, this is a moment between you and God. I see your hand. You can put that down. Anybody else? I'm so grateful. I'm so proud of you for coming to Christ today. I'm so grateful. Jesus, we celebrate you. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus into this very messy world. Thank you for inviting us into your family. And today we come. Jesus, today I'm making a choice to trust in you. I surrender my life to you. And I make you the Lord of my life. Thank you for 
saving me. Thank you for making me right with God. I couldn't do it on my own. But Jesus, I'm grateful that you did it for me. You're the most wonderful gift I could ever receive. And I receive you now as Lord and Savior. Now, Lord, I pray that you would be glorified in all of us, that we would live our lives generously, that we would stop living our lives to impress others or even to impress ourselves, but that we would live for the glory of your name and that we would be generous at all times and all occasions, knowing that as we go out and we give, that you give seed to the sower and that you will supply our every need. Help us to know that you do the miraculous as we live for the expansion of your kingdom. So we take this word today and we apply it. We're going to live it out as we follow after you. Lord, I thank you that the best is yet to come. Father, also one week from today, we're starting a brand new church in Wabash, and you know all about it. You know exactly what you have planned for that community and for that county. God, I pray for Pastor Tony and Sherry that you would pour out your spirit into their lives, that they would be world changers, Father, that they would be history makers, that you would let them not only not only sow and do the work of the ministry, but Father, I call them to be reapers as well, that they would reap the harvest, that they would enjoy the fruit of their labor. We cry out to the north and the south and the east and the west, come to Jesus, not only in Marshall County, but in Wabash County as well. Come to Jesus. Father, we pray that that church would be filled with countless people calling upon you as Lord and Savior, trusting in you, trusting in the gift of your son, Father, Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, that they're going to make an incredible difference in that community, that, that Wabash is going to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ because of the gospel that they proclaim and the lives that they live, and we declare it in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray blessings upon that church that you would increase them more than they could ever think or imagine. According to your word and according to your will, we declare it to be done. And we pray all of those things in the name of Jesus Christ. If you believe that, say amen, everybody. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on, let's praise. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life. And we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.